Looking out for number one, California. Here we come, right back where we started from. Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton. Driving down the 101, California. Here we come, right back where we started from. California. Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The only show where we take an in-depth look Episode by episode of the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, The O.C. I am your host. Should I just start over, Mike? No, no. I, all of the words were there. It wasn't the best order of the words that I've ever heard. But let's tell everybody the truth. Uh, before we started uh, recording this podcast, you and I both took a huge shot of raisins. We opened up those tiny... Sun-made, the raisin sun-made boxes. raisins with a little looker on her. And we're not the type of people who are going to like pick one raisin out at a time and no. then eat it. I'm neither that nitty nor picky. We crack open the box like it's fucking goddamn Popeye spinach and we pour all those motherfuckers right in our mouth. And now our anuses have never been stronger. <laughs> and raisins are the perfect food because it's like, uh, what if we took this fine food, mm-hmm, rotted it, and oh, grapes. made it disgusting, and then poured sugar on it and ba 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 I fucking love raisins. I like it too because uh, Popeye, when he eats the spinach, it's biceps or is uh-huh. it? What's the bottom part of the arm? Forearm. Is it forearm? There's no muscle there. It's just bone and skin. So yeah, fucked up Popeye. What's going on there? Uh, but with raisins, we have you and I have different parts of our body that like get real buff and strong. Uh-huh. My ears are gigantic now thanks Gi- to the big raisins. Big old ears. I got a big old sphinct. <laughs> Do you mean smile? Sure. Wait, why would that mean smile? Sphinx. I'm. I'm just hoping it, it, like you said, smile <laughs> it's wrong. Exactly what you think it is. I said something wrong and made you picture it right. You're Ryan. I am with the raisins. When did you first realize you hated raisins, Ryan? Um, I would say that it was the uh, 647th consecutive day that my mom said, "Oh, he'll probably want this in his lunch." <laughs> what about in oatmeal? No. What about with some bran? Oh wait, hold on. Oatmeal's gross. Always, no matter what you put it in, put in it. But if you were going to continue that sentence and be like, "What about oatmeal, cookies?" Then yes, now I want some fucking raisins. And Did remember, you like oatmeal cookies. Remember that I am the person who started the whole uh, protest backlash internet bless for life of oatmeal raisin cookies are better than chocolate chip cookies. Internet bless for life. Uh-huh. I I did forget that you started that. Uh, I love that about you. We true story to reveal behind the curtain. Show a little egg. Uh, you and I fight about most desserts. Mm-hmm. I did not know we saw eye to eye that oatmeal raisin cookies fucking rule. As far as desserts go, you're a cat person. I'm a dog person. Yeah. And everybody's like, that's all disgusting. And we think they're being culturally insensitive. But oatmeal raisin cookies, that's why we're friends. That's our Sweden. It might be because the go-to cookie outside of maybe Oreo is chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. It's so overdone that I think that like maybe oatmeal raisin can come in here. Most times people forget that there's goddamn cookie options. But I I I really do enjoy an oatmeal raisin cookie. And I would I would put raisins and stuff before I would put nuts and stuff. I'm really? a real big no nuts guy. No nuts. No nuts. No nuts, bo- no, no nuts. No, no nuts, no butts, no coconuts. Well, I would like like for every like third cookie, I just want a whole coconut just right in the co- middle. And yeah. Just to chip a tooth or two. It's awesome. It's the it's the best fruit because it's hard and hairy all at the same time. <laughs> Is that how you're gonna teach your kids not to trust you? Just every once in a while, I'll give them a coconut and say, "Chew on this, shorty." I thought you were gonna say, "Always be hard, always be hairy." <laughs> no, this is a good, clean family show. Never say that. But that's the kids are gonna be like, "Father knows best," and you know what, Ryan? That's also the episode of the OC we're talking about tonight. Okay, so I did not do it correctly. Why? Because I. Uh, Maybe next episode is Rainy Day Women. Yes, and so it is. I, I did that thing where that I've done for like the last 10 episodes mm-hmm. where I just watched Rainy Day Women. And I'm going to try to keep I up with this conversation. This. And in four weeks, people will finally hear us talk about Rainy Day Women. But tonight, we are talking about episode 213 of the OC, Father Knows Best. As Sandy continues working on Rebecca's case, Kirsten questions how strong their feelings are for one another. Meanwhile, Seth continues his downward spiral in the aftermath of Zach and Summer's Valentine's night together, while Marissa tries to confront her fear about her relationship with Alex. Also, probably the smallest plotline of the whole thing, Caleb offers Lindsay a place in the family, but not before a paternity test. All that and more on tonight's O.C.D. Ryan! Michael! Paint the breakfast nook picture, if you will. Not a lot of people. 
Seth is hungover, but not because of liquor. The biggest bags under his little eyes. But because of love. And what he should do is uh, slice up some coconut, put those over his eyes, right? Unfortunately, no knife ever created by man can get through a coconut. You gotta use a lightsaber. You need a fucking hockey skate to get through a coconut. Because their blades are made of adamantium? And Castaway? Most of my information is from Castaway. Oh, I thought you were saying people only cast away their ice skates. Yes. I understand how you would think that somebody would say that. So you get all your life's knowledge from the movie Cast Away. Mm -hmm. I've gained mine all from items that have been cast away. It's all hobo trash. So Ryan's like, uh, so Ryan is like, uh, Seth, eat a thing, shower. One of. What a good friend. What a good brother. But like, a little selfish, because Ryan kicks off a whole through line of, Seth, you fucking stink, yeah. and I'm going to be the first of 12 different characters to tell you that you have to fucking shower. Not just today. Please shower every day. You're the smelliest character in the show. And he's got that thing going on that I have. I don't know if you have this, but like, uh, if I did like exercise or I played a sport, mm-hmm. I have a funk, right? I, like, I have BO. You get that funk. But like, it's sort of more tolerable. Than my funk that comes from doing nothing. Yeah. My doing nothing funk smells way worse than I actually sweat funk. Your hypothetical sports and activity you don't have to funk. Say, like, we can just no, tell people it's that. It's all like, hypothetical. I play you're, extreme you're very sports. Small. That funk comes from like every orifice and every pore of your body, and it feels like natural. It's musky. Some find it sexy. Right. I look sweaty, and then I smell sweaty, and people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But your do nothing depressed funk, for some reason, is just balls and taint. It is not healthy. It is not sexy. It You depress sweat from like just like the Panama Canal between your butthole and your dick. And my issue, and I understand now how this does not make sense, but my issue is, oh, there's too much sweat on my balls and taint. I'm going to take some of it off there and cover the rest of my body with it just to like sort of balance and it out. It stains shirts in a different way. Like it, it is depressed stink is so gross and weird. I'll take the ball sweat. I'll put a little bit on my wrist. A little bit on my neck, and then I will uh, flick a bunch of ball sweat in the air and walk through if it. If you're feeling fancy. And then people are like, oh, and you're like, it'll fade. I just sprayed it. Chill out. Yeah, you chill out. How do you have a problem with what I'm doing? But what I do think is kind of is that Ryan's making Seth a bagel. The shower thing is whatever. That's a little Wait, selfish. turning him into a bagel? Yeah, he Ryan has magic now. The show really jumped the shark in episode 213 of the second season. But, like... It's in part because Seth needs to eat a bagel, but it's also in part because if you're in the kitchen, you just like you best instinctually be go yeah. to make a bagel. And it's, Ryan's a caregiver. That's what he's going to do for anybody. And let, let, let's be honest. He's preparing a bagel. God makes bagels. God makes you bagels. You prepare bagels. Yes. You teach a man to make a bagel. He'll probably eat a fish. <laughs> He'll, and then eat them together. And that's the best goddamn breakfast you can have on a Sunday morning. But if you do eat a uh, fish and a bagel, you do have to pull out both the fish skeleton and the bagel skeleton you don't want to swallow those bones thomas's english muffin is a bagel skeleton yeah eat the nooks not the crannies uh and then this is also when the first of 18 references to hellboy it must have just come out they must have demanded seth talk about it but like it was not like an underground movie like it was pretty big why did this episode of the oc feel like it had to promote hellboy well i wonder like i guess yeah he hasn't done it for the x-men movies i wonder if it's the first comic book movie to come out while this show was on mm. so it all lined up together and was this back when like it wasn't every other movie was a comic book movie? No. It was sort of a big deal back then. Once every four years, you got a comic book movie. And this is the kind of one that people would be like, really? Based on a comic book? Uh, for children? Four-part question. My favorite kind. Have you ever read an issue of Hellboy? Yeah. And have... Bitch, I've read I said four-part oh, okay. question. I'll save my answers till the end. Have you ever read an issue of Hellboy? And also, did you see the movie? And also, did you like the movie? And also... Did you once say that Guillermo del Toro is your favorite director of all time? Yes. 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 What do you think about the comic? I like it a lot. The art is fucking awesome. Okay. That's right where you went. Does it have more to offer than Mike Mignola's art? No, I mean, it has the most to offer in the art. And I'm a dum-dum. I normally only read the words and people are like, aren't the visuals great? And when X-Men had visuals, uh, I rarely remember to look at that kind of stuff. But Mignola draws in such a way that you have to. Well, I mean, that like that makes sense that it holds a special place in your heart because it could have been the first time where you were like, oh, art. <laughs> Hello there. And Leonardo da Vinci just threw his fucking palette away and walked away You're angry. fucking kidding me. <laughs> what? You 
come back in time. <laughs> Go on adventures. Uh, and yeah, I guess I, I remember vaguely warm feelings, but I can't be like, this issue did this and this run. Uh, I, do, I remember liking BPRD more than Hellboy. If we're talking about the comics. How nerdy are we allowed to get on this show? Because more fire girl, more water boy. I love Abe Sapien. Yeah, there's more. It's less mopey mopey. Oh, I'm the devil. Oh, I wish I was Wolverine. And it's so hard to mope for him because he will always go, as you would if you're moping, uh, to put his hand or his chin on his hand. Uh-huh. One of those hands is so big. And it just is comical the whole time. The emotion doesn't hit. Uh, and the second, yes, I saw Hellboy. Uh, the th- What was the third part? Fucking Who knows? And the fourth, yes, I once said, uh, well, I've seen every one of his movies, therefore he must be my favorite director because I don't know how favorite things work. No, I think you do know how favorite things work. You know that he is less talented than Martin Scorsese. Uh-huh. So you would not say that he is the best director. No, but favorite. But you would say that like if, like, if somebody is making movies just for Mike, mm-hmm. it's Guillermo del Toro. If this November, Scorsese and del Toro both have movies coming out, I know which one I'm seeing first. The Scorsese and I know- one. Who, yeah, and I'm going to be mad the whole time that I'm not in the other fucking theater. All right, motherfucker. I'm going to step up. I'm going to look you right in the eye. Because you know that I might get super pissed at your answer right now. Who is my Del Toro? Who is your Del Toro? And real quick, you know that uh, I, I like movies and like I understand who the best directors are, but uh-huh. that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about favorite Right. Who are you going to say? I know who you're going to say. I'm going to fucking punch yeah, you in you the head. You hate what I'm going to say. This is a years long. If you've been with us since the beginning of yourpotfilter.com, you know what I'm going to say. But you're going to be furious because I think you don't want to be honest with yourself. It's Noah Bumbach. It's not Noah Bumbach. It is not. West Anderson? No. P.T. Anderson. Best, not favorite. You're dancing around it. Shane Black. <laughs> not his writing. You hate that. Just his directorials. Uh, no, you're dancing around it for sure. I'm going to give you like 10 more seconds. Oh, I thought you were going to say 10 more guesses. <laughs> 10 more seconds? I, I can't think of any name ever right now. So, and we're Gerwig. just talking favorite. Uh-huh. Bombach is close. Bombach is close. So, who's another sad white man? And it's not P.T. Anderson. P.T. Anderson's the best, not favorite. I feel like that would be your Venn diagram of best and favorite. Who was the guy that uh, you think that I, uh, you have once said that Bombach is so up my butt uh-huh. that why don't you marry him? I think that's what you said. <laughs> that's what I said. But no, why there's actually somebody further up my butt. butt. Further up your butt than Bombach? Mm-hmm. Mm, give me a hint. It's not Soderbergh. It's not Soderbergh. Give me another but hint. But that would have been a good guess. <laughs> um, what should I do here? Uh, when we think trilogies, we think. Indiana. Oh, Jones. Ryan, I need you. You can't link right now. <laughs> what should I do? Mike? But if you could link later, I think that's the answer. Yeah. Now we're connected on LinkedIn, the career website. But it does make sense that like we both adore PTA. Yes. I don't think you do. You don't like Magnolia. But our people, like Mike's guy, is Del Toro, and my mm-hmm. guy is Linklater. I also, yeah, I also think like I still want to say your guy is Bombach, and that Linklater is the Venn diagram between us because I fucking love to link later. Oh, good one. You did that twice in one segment. <laughs> I forgot that I did it. Great. Uh, so what else is going on in the intro? There's so many characters to talk about. Uh, so the last time we saw Sandy and Kirsten, she godfathered Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Coppola. Coppola. <laughs> the other Scorsese. They're all Italian. Who gives a shit? Uh, she godfathered Sandy in the face. Mike Gravano is Italian and <laughs> I'm allowed last. to say whatever he wants. Here we go. Uh, you just did <laughs> The three most famous Italians back to back to back. Uh, so she hears about Ryan and Seth, and she's like, oh, so there's lady trouble going around for everybody in this house. Last week, we talked about how long do you make a grudge last, mm-hmm. right? Like, do you uh, are you just back when you're back, or do you sort of make it last longer? Was that your grudge character yeah, in present? The grudge. Uh, Kirsten didn't wait long. Shut the door on him, Godfather style, and then it feels like the next, the next morning. morning. Like, Cindy, that's, I feel like that is that feels healthy. I don't want. I can't do this tonight. I feel like that's bullshit. That's you're, two weeks of grudge. You're grudge. You love the. You celebrate the whole grudge trilogy. You're into their jams. I think each grudge got better. <laughs> it was better than the last. That's what you say to your wife. Uh, she says that, which is just a little snide. And Sandy's like, "Oh, not ready to forgive and forget, because only he's allowed to make." fucking quips when they're fighting and here mike is why you grudge because kiki in the morning's like okay so we're back i will not godfather you again 
But I'm assuming that you won't say something crazy in the next three minutes. And then she puts on a timer and stares at him, tapping her foot. And Sandy's like, oh, I have to go to my mentor's funeral. You cannot go. Thank you for asking. Uh, By the way, it's just me and uh, Kim Delaney. Bye. (laughs) I know it sounds a little weird. And even his tone is like, I wish I could have said any other sentence right there right now. And Kirsten does not scream. No. But she shows her anger because uh, her eyes start to cross and then switch sides. That's how Kirsten does her thing. She says, fear, and runs out of the room. (laughs) And she instantly goes to the, she's like, well, I guess I'm checking on my fucking dad who keeps calling me. Uh, And when she gets to the office, uh, Cal and Julie are yelling about something. And we can't hear what they are. I was trying to think about the last time such a long length of time was dialogue that the audience couldn't hear. There's a couple of uh, words that come out, like, like, that whore. <laughs> uh, they both say at the same time, fine, I'll stop saying the N-word. Uh, but yeah, like it's clear that they're in a fight, but we're supposed to wait until Lindsay right. and Kiki get yeah. in there. And then Lindsay, Kirsten's walking up, and Lindsay comes out of fucking nowhere behind a potted plant, and she's like, oh, thank God, you're here too. And Kirsten and Lindsay are both characters who are like, despite everything that's ever happened in our lives, I'm happy to be here and hope this next conversation goes well. <laughs> Ignoring anything that's ever happened before. Uh, and it turns out Julie and Cal are fighting and Kiki and Lindsay are there because Cal wants to formally, legally, I don't know if there's a way to informally but still legally adopt somebody, but he wants to adopt Lindsay. No, there is. What is that? Yeah, it's just paperwork. Just like, paperwork. Oh, yeah. do I have a giant party to announce to... <laughs> you don't need the party. Orange County, they have a new princess. And you don't have to declare out into the world. But that is, he wants to declare uh, anti-child bankruptcy, which is saying he's adopting Lindsay. Uh, so she'll be a legal heir, and she's taken care of. And Julie's like, I'm telling you, if you die, which I hope is soon, I will take care of her. Which nobody in the room is comfortable with. Oh, man. Does Julie think she's good at this? Of saying, like, no, I'm just telling you that, like, I am only thinking these things and not the things that I'm actually thinking. I think Julie plays the game in a way. Julie is kind of the Billy Bob Thornton character from Fargo season one. Okay. Uh, Just because the maps don't say here there'll be dragons anymore, you all think there's no dragons. She realizes if she doesn't say, I'm going to kill this girl, she can freak out. And on paper, she is in the right if people say she's evil. So she can throw all the stank and bad tone, but the minute somebody's like, what are you talking about? She's like, what are you talking about? Now I'm affronted. She, I respect the shit out of Julie. She's a monster. When we recorded the last episode of Superhero Hour Hour, I brought up Trump, which means I am not allowed to do it right now. Well, that was weeks ago. Right. So, you, yeah, you still have two months on your oh, mind. Wait, so you're arguing that I should bring yeah, up Trump? I was going to say, it's a weird thing to be like, I'm not allowed to talk about the thing in my brain. But no, yeah, like, uh, Julie is, Julie definitely understands that, like, no one will ever stop her, so why not just be shitty as possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is all the time we have. That's what everybody's doing. That's where everybody's at. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig into the saga of Sandy, Kiki, and Rebecca. Ryan, Mike. after Kiki leaves, Sandy also leaves to find Rebecca. And he says, what happened the other night, it can never happen again. What happened that night? I think they smoked weed. And smooched? I think that they lied to Kirsten about where they were. But that's not going to stop. He's going to probably do that some more. Um, I think that they had a kiss. And it was one of those kisses. I think this is the best kind of kiss. Um, where it's... Wait, what's going on? Oh, I'm into it. That's the only kind of kiss I've ever had. <laughs> what's happening? And you get full Kermit arms. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves it. It doesn't freak anybody out. But no, I think that like uh, we have talked so much on the OCD about kisses because we're watching both parties. And on a show like the OC... Everyone has seven different reasons at the same time of why they are or should not be kissing. Mm -hmm. And we get to watch them all. And it's like, how much are you fighting back? Because, like, if you went to kiss me right now, Mm -hmm. and let's just assume that I didn't want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh. I would end it, like, it would be less than one second, right? Or would it be before my lips even got (laughs) close to you? My kiss, it's, you know from across the room what I was going to do. The problem is that, like, I don't like dipping things in ranch. I like uh, taking a bite of a chicken tender and having you 
spit ranch Baby in my mouth. Ranch. So like, is he moving in for a ranch shot or is he going to kiss me? I don't know. You would know I'm going to kiss you because I would be floating just based on the wings on the hearts floating around my head as I float towards you. Wait, so you both think of a romantic thing, create uh-huh. the wings and then float on those wings? Uh-huh. Wow. That's romance, baby. The song On the Wings of Love. That's what it's about. Based on you. Yes. Thank you. Because the next line is, thanks, Mike Gravano. We appreciate you having all of these thoughts for us. They took that out in the radio edit. And I <laughs> I love how songs are written because you climbed the tallest mountain and screamed out your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then like eight people wrote songs, Don't but only shit. one got famous. Yeah. That one. Jesse's girl, my best friend's girl. That's all because of you. Candle in the wind. It's all from the one time I s- took shrooms, screamed off a mountain. Uh, this is a uh, previous episode, but uh, Rebecca and Sandy's kiss felt like co-signed. It felt, yeah. it felt very like we're both in on this right now. Like they tried to get an apartment and the leaseholder was like, no, no, no. Could we get a co-sign on this? And Rebecca, when Kiki... Went to her. Rebecca was all like, uh, nothing happened. Okay, so you're jumping ahead. Sorry. You should at least say, and then Kiki went to Rebecca. And then Kiki went to Rebecca. Um, nothing happened. But what Rebecca was talking about was PP and Vivi. That did not happen. Right. But a kiss happened. A kiss. So, yeah, that is. It does a kiss count as nothing. I know that every kiss begins with K. And. Every Christmas present is worth some amount of kisses. <laughs> Which is each one 14K. Uh-huh. But no, I would say that if I were to be married and I saw... Mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> and I married Santa Claus. And then my mother kissed my wife, I would be upset. If they kissed like Sandy and Sandy Rebecca. Rebecca. So you're saying, wait... I'm also saying, yes, they are made. There's no way they the kissing should be happening. But you think, Re- is Rebecca lying to Kirsten? Or she's like, we're all hippies. Of course we smooched, but we didn't fuck. No, I think the second one. That Rebecca truly thinks she's in the right for saying right. nothing happened. No, uh, like, nothing happened. We just touched tongues a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so, and R- Kiki walks in and straight up says, are you in love with my husband? She doesn't say hello. She doesn't say spot T. She says, are you in love with my husband? And Rebecca's like, yeah, I've always been. But nothing happened the other night. But let's rewind, because when Sandy first goes in to see Rebecca, meanwhile, Kirsten is dealing with Agent Stone Rock and Tudor, FBI agents who just show up at the Cohen household. And TV has taught us that like, you will never be an FBI agent unless you have a last name along the lines of Stone Rock or Tudor. Or Tudor. The- is this a backdoor pilot right now? I want to watch the ongoing adventures of H.H. Stone Rock and Tudor. Stone Rock is the best FBI name of all time. Tudor's fine. <laughs> but if you're Tudor, and is it, do you think that it's T-U-D-O-R? Oh, they are descended from the royal family. Or do you think it's T-O-O-T-E-R? Like what you would do with a flute <laughs> or your butt? You're a Tudor. <laughs> oh, so both. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, it's, you're a two-Tudor. You're that guy with a... With a fucking hat out in front of him who's playing two flutes at the same time on the streets of San Francisco. So I've, one of the smartest editing decisions is we don't really see Kiki's conversations with the agents. It cuts. And the next time we see Kiki, Sandy walks in and she's drinking a tall glass of shard mm-hmm. just at the kitchen sink, which is not... You're never happy drinking at the kitchen sink. Okay, so I know this is TV, but if you were waiting for your betrothed at the counter are you really sitting there watching or doing nothing while drinking i'm on candy crush baby <laughs> okay, okay this is pre-cell phone era. we're all on candy crush but do you like when you hear that key hit the door do you throw your phone oh, off to the side so yeah. it looks like you have been sitting there in the dark forever oh yeah you, uh, you quickly on your phone you turn off all the lights and you throw that phone this is just what i'm doing it's just like when uh if you're on a date and I know it's been years since you and I were on dates with new people, not just each other. Uh, and you want to make it, they go to the bathroom. You're going to pull that phone out right away. But you keep an eye out and be like, oh, no, I'm just thinking thoughts about this chicken parmesan. You're going to pull that phone out right away and you're going to text that girl, way to poop, idiot. <laughs> you pooping tutor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hope that poops like a stone rock, you tutor. All right. 
No, like, I can't imagine if I sat down because something dramatic was going on mm. with, like, I think that I would like a uh, glass of scotch, probably four fingers, one ice cube. Okay. So that's Classy. the that's the scene I'm setting. And I'm going to sit there for about two and a half minutes before I'm looking around to find anything else to insane. do. I'll play Sudoku right now. I don't give a fuck. Did you say place a duke? Yeah, I'll place a duke. So we're still talking about poop? <laughs> I had one in this room right the L now. Oh, man, that's the best Easter. <laughs> no, it's the worst. So Kirsten, is she chugs her wine and is like, so Agent Stone Rock and Tudor join, and they both have a good laugh at that. And then he does freak out. He starts questioning. He's like, what the fuck did you tell them? And, and then she- it, It's such good Cohen, too. It's such good Cohen that, like, Kirsten is sort of upset at her husband, uh-huh. which means now the FBI is involved. <laughs> like, yes. that is- and she calls him out on that. She's like, well, you know, it's a normal day in our household. <laughs> FBI came by. And Sandy doesn't even look at a card, right? He just hears their names. Like, Kirsten's like, Stonewall and, or Stone Rock and Tudor came over, and he's like, shit, the FBI. <laughs> That's the FBI. <laughs> and he starts quite, she's like, don't cross-examine me, because it isn't intense. It's not like, oh, no, what happened? He is fucking on the bench, Sandy. And then he, she, when she says, accuses him of cross-examining, he's like, I'm just worried. You could be, I mean, I have client attorney privilege, but uh, you could be prosecuted for withholding information. I'm just being a good husband here. Also, by the way, Kiki, and I'm so sorry, but uh, in my mentor's will, it said that I have, to, uh, I have to eat Rebecca out for like two hours. And I hope that you understand forever. But that, I mean, it's in his will. What am I supposed to do here? I have to respect Max and eat her V and Maze. Maybe her bee. I don't know. I don't know here. Wait, vagina and beaver? <laughs> her vagina and her beaver. And then he's like, I'm trying to protect my family. And she goes, no, you're trying to re- protect Rebecca. Do you know what the worst part about Kiki is? What? It's something that we're trying to get over. It's uh, WWSCD. Oh. What would Sandy do? Yeah, she's trying to think about what would Sandy do. So, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I'll just be cool with everything. And she has been so cool. Too cool. Too cool. Too cool for school. It's not, get angrier. My nickname in prison. She walks out of every room instead of just having the fight they need to have. And he is kind of being a slime ball this six episode run or whatever. And he is not what would Sandy doing at all. What he does is hits. He has an FBI contact because, of course, he does. Okay, let's talk about this motherfucker. Kevin Nealon. All right. If you squint, it's Kevin Nealon. So, sometimes you're an actor because you were uh, born beautiful and you have talent. And sometimes you're an actor because you just have a face that is so clearly a fucking... This fucking character. Oh, man. This guy has a giant head. Bigger teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So many teeth. And he just comes up. And we're thinking like, oh, look at this slime ball. This guy's going to be like, oh, get a divorce and marry three other hot fucking 19-year-olds. But instead, I have a billfold of all of them. And then he has this billfold. He pulls it out. And what is it, like 37 19-year-olds? 37. This is Epstein. Jeff. He goes to talk to Jeff Epstein. (laughs) But instead, even Jeff Epstein's like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Couldn't you just like save your marriage? Yeah. One, he's like, look, I looked into this and you dated her. So not okay to represent her. Two. For what happened, somebody died. Even if she cooperates now, she's run for 20 years. She will go away. And three, what do you owe your goddamn family? And this is, what about what you owe your family? And then he pauses. He goes, your wife. And now I'm like, was he also friends with Kiki back in the day? Like, he's, he's so intense. Is he just mad that anybody would treat his family like this? And he might also be Borat with the amount of times he says, your wife. Uh, he, and then he says, the fourth thing is that he says, I looked into this. And then he pulls out a mirror and then looks into the mirror and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with my head? <laughs> I want to change the way I look. How much booze <laughs> did his mom drink? All of it. Literally all of it. It was not just four fingers of scotch with an iced cube. Oh, God. Like, there are, like, stilts and, like, uh, CGI just to hold up this guy's <laughs> Stonehenge head. His head is so big that I heard in uh, the new MODOK TV show, they're not they're going to animate the whole world, but it's still just his head. Uh, my favorite part, my moment of the week, if we can, do we do that? Sure. Is Kevin Nealon walking past that conversation being like, what the fuck, <laughs> Look dude? at this guy's fucking head. Is that team. how people look at me? <laughs> oh, 
oh no, I'm going to smoke all kinds of weed. And then Kevin Elin gets in his little space chair and flies away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. So their storyline is not wrapped up, but there's a crazy party that wraps up everybody's storyline. So we're going to check in on Sandy and Kirsten later. It's my favorite party because it says starts at six ends at question mark, question mark, When somebody gets thrown in the pool. Uh, Point of party, question mark, question Question mark, question mark. Uh, When we come back, we are going to dive into Seth, Summer, and Zach. Ryan, so we've talked about how the elder Cohen is fucking shit up left and right. Let's move our sights to the younger. The sins of the father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dot, oh, no, I, I will just say half of things, and okay. then we can all assume what I'm talking about. Yeah, we all know. The sins of the father are always in Rome. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Seth finds Zach to clear the air about his royal fuck-up in San Diego. So Ryan did not do a good job of no. saying, hey, Seth, maybe just like pack this away and move on. Ryan tried to breakfast. You tried to breakfast. And it did not work. Just try breakfast, Ryan. That's your only time to like get shit done. Like, if you don't get shit done in breakfast at the Cohen's house, then like it's not going to People happen. are just Sonic the Hedgehogging all over Orange County after breakfast, so you better get it done at breakfast. That's the only time real talk happens. That's why uh, a couple episodes ago, Julie Cooper was like uh, at the breakfast table, and she was like, I'm going to start a magazine called Riviera. Bye! And then sprint it out. <laughs> go to Italy. Go to Naples. Riviera Magazine. Did you ever pick that up? Oh, I loved it. It was my favorite magazine. It showed up in this episode. Later, Uh Marissa is just sitting there reading it. Like a kid ever read Riviera Magazine? Oh, man. Come on. If you know that I would spend most of my youth reading Linda Magazine, talking about uh, like how the difference between like Phillips screwdrivers and flathead screwdrivers, uh, how to make a good screwdriver, and how, like, Justin was just better than me in every way. <laughs> That's Linda Magazine. And who is Linda, Ryan, for my, Linda My mother. Okay. I'm saying if my mother started a magazine. Gotcha. Because uh, Julie's obviously starting what we know to be Riviera Magazine. It's not real yet. And then the real magazine they're talking about is also, is that a fuck-up, or are they trying to say Julie is starting a rival to Riviera? I don't know. Did she think of it on the... No, her... It's That's her thing, right? No. We haven't already I seen the cover to Julie. it. Julie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So she's Oprah before Oprah. Yes, but trying to start straight up Riviera Magazine. Also, I got confused because every once in a while, you know, I like to tell stories about the real OC. The only, I think, person who worked for Riviera Magazine was a woman with insanely big curly hair named Linda. Did you ever meet Riviera Linda? I didn't, but like I've seen pictures and it's not like insane. Like, oh, that's pretty insane for hair. It was uh, eight feet out on either side. And just the biggest pigtails. It was eight feet before the pigtail started. <laughs> Guys, this was crazy hair. How but that's crazy not where was it? it? It was so crazy. It was just so crazy. Good punchline. Uh, so Seth finds Zach, and Zach is so cool. He's like, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. You look like shit. Uh, it was probably not smart for the three of us to make a comic together. I have a question, though. How does... And I'm not trying to shit on my generation, but it does feel like that uh, all of the boys from my generation dress like they just fell out of bed. Uh-huh. Are you Claire from Clueless right now? Uh, yes, I'm Claire. <laughs> that person playing Frisbee behind Cher the entire movie. Uh, hey, I'm here too, guys. Um, How do you tell in the early 2000s that somebody's frazzled? Again, not a joke. Right. But the bags under their eyes. But, like, the hair was all designed to look frazzled. Yeah, bedhead. But so, there's, like, real bedhead, and then there's Joe McHale bedhead. And I think everybody wants Joe McHale bedhead. There was an actor, Mike, and you're too young to know about him. But Reckon it Meyer? Was, it was uh, Josh Hartnett, and I wish you, <laughs> I fucking wish it was Josh Hairnet. Uh, that his whole career was based on the fact that, like, his hair almost looked good, except for, like, one was a funny duddy cut, in the back. Except for one just a That would just stick out. I'm a falfa who got crack and grew up. <laughs> Or, like, yeah, alfalfa is, like, sort of, like, pointy thing would be, like, I'm going to move to the side of the head. Look at that. It's right above my ear now. Sexy ladies. That was his entire career. Guaranteed to jack you up. That's from the faculty. When can we cover the faculty, Ryan? I know. I can't believe the amount of podcasts that you have uh, <laughs> thought of and started where the faculty is just never going to come up. It's a it, Never movie of the year? No. Never superhero hour? No. 
if we do a the only reason John Stewart's famous, then we could talk about the, the, the John yeah. Stewart cast. <laughs> cool. But no, uh, Seth is frazzled. Seth is dirty. So many people have talked about how he has not showered, but he looks like he just has early 2000s hair. Right. But it is, I think it's the bags under his eyes, and he's doing the, they say, that's all. You need rhythms to all of his voices. He's still all over the place. Uh, he asks Zach, he's like, no, no, I get it. Uh, how was the rest of your weekend? Did you fuck my ex-girlfriend? And then does the, he's like, I'm, that's creepy. Don't tell me if, unless you want to tell me. I know it's creepy. Please just tell me right now. And Zach is a sweetie pie. He's like, just, just go home and sleep. I know we're starting school right now. Go home and take a rest. And I really love, I really love. And Zach is so good that he's boring. Like, most, mm. most of the time, Zach sucks. But I really love the whole, like, he got pissed in San Diego. Yeah. Zach was mad. But now that we're back, he was like, I sort of get it. Stop. It'd Please be great stop. if you stopped. But, like, I get it. And that, that's, I think he is just what, like, a 28-year-old version of anybody else is doing. Nobody at 17 does this. He's the only actor in teen soap history that has acted his actual age that the actor is. Mm-hmm. But he, what he does do, and I do like this, it's not like the let's all have secrets. He does call Summer and is like, bro, I think you're going to run into stinky, sweaty Seth at some point. And he's asking if we boned. You do what you want with that information. And then in su- Summer, in true like Bob Newhart fashion, is just like, wait, he stinks? Her delivery on that phone call is perfect. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in the room with Marissa while Marissa reads Linda Magazine. And they're supposed to get lunch. And I've never done this to any friend. She gets this phone call and is like, I'm going to go kill somebody. I can't have lunch with you. And then something crazy happens. She hits Seth a bunch of times with a pillow. And that feels like, I, I mean, it's childish, right? There's uh-huh. a pillow. But it sort of does feel mature. Because it's you deserve to be hit right now as maturely as possible. And this is the only weapon that I have right now. I'm not a Joker fan who just has brass-knuckled guns in my pocket all the time. My least favorite kind of gun. Uh, so, yeah, and so they have it out. They but have are, it out. Are you believing that they're having it out? Not, not with the pillows. I do, like, you see she's angry, but that pillow fights could turn dangerous in different ways. Uh, it's, it, I believe it when she says, you have to stop. That part of my life does not belong to you anymore. That's super mature. And something that Seth needs to hear. Yes. Always, right? And, like and This is the only time he it, this feels real. He goes, I know that. I know I'm being weird and creepy, and I'm sorry. The rest of the time, it feels like he's saying it because he has to say it. But uh, like this whole episode is, like, Summer and Seth are in the background of this episode, but, but what they're doing, what they're revealing to us is that, like, um, we're going to act like this. Because we don't want to feel the way that we do. Right. So pillows and, uh, like, slowly ripping up pictures. Like, it's all Because that's what, yeah, she walks in on him ripping up Vixen pictures. And then gets, like, I don't think she's hurt. She does, is like, you drew that and that's very good. What are you doing right now? But, like, this is why people move. Which you can't do in high school. But, like, in when you're an adult. Uh, you move so you cannot be in love with the person you don't want to be in love with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they can't, and so they will continue to be in love with each other. And unfortunately, now because of the internet and all of the social medias, no matter where you move, you'll continue to be in love with those people. I mean, can you imagine watching this when, like, the week it came out and like being confused at all uh, whether or not Seth and Summer will end up with each other? Alex and Marissa, maybe, but, like, not these two. By the end of the episode, no. But I think for the various parts, each of them is convinced they will never be. And that feels real. It does, really? But, but It doesn't a, feel like Duff protesting too much? A huge high school thing. No, because I do, like, her, there's so much real emotion of her saying, that part of me doesn't belong to you. Like, that, I, I think, why Rachel Bilson is one of the best actors on the show. But, no, she's saying that because... That's true, idiot. Like, for sure it doesn't belong to you, and I need you to realize that so that we can get back together. Once I, you realize I that, I don't like, think that's in this scene yet. I disagree. I disagree with you disagreeing I disagree with, with me. your description. meme in my mind. But here's where it comes out, because it's not there. At the very end of the scene, she says, I'm only saying this f- for the people who love you. Take a shower, which is very funny. And then she goes, and Zach and I didn't have sex, and runs out the room. The, uh, the only reason she would mumble that at the end is to give him a little bit of hope, which is fucked up. 
No, it's not fucked up because she wants to be with Seth. I guess it's not it's fucked, fucked up. up like, she wants to torture him because she hates him. But then it's fucked up. It is. I mean, it's torturing him and is not cool to Zach or to her. Like, I guess there's children and they're figuring it all out right now. But no, it's fucked up to Zach. It's not kosher. None of that is kosher to anybody involved right there. And then she runs out of the room. And then. What about after she ran out of the room, she came back in, farted big, and then left? <laughs> Peace. What about that? Is Remember that, that. Get over me. And her fart said Zach. <laughs> like that? Like that. And then the next time we see Seth, he's just eating a massive burger. Because I guess we're supposed to believe he hasn't eaten in a few days. Mm. He's he's looking skinnier than usual. Mm-hmm. And he is eating that dinner like I would if I had a late lunch. <laughs> just so hungry. I've never had food in me for the last two minutes. hours. Uh and in that, while he's joyously eating several hamburgers, uh, Zach admits Which that he said he would pay you for on Wednesday. At least on Wednesday. Let's not have only Give them one to me right Popeye now. reference in the show. Uh, and Zach admits the reason they didn't have sex is that he is waiting for marriage. Mm-hmm. And one, it's the first time we've gotten a hint of real Orange County that there is a big Christian contingency here. Oh, yeah. Guys, we like to... And I say we like I still live in Orange County. I'm a, I've got a You're high Burbank, rise bro. L.A. Per, uh, apartment. But like Orange County is like, hey, we're cool, bro. And uh, we will like put a skateboard on a fucking snowboard. And that's how we get around town. But actually, it's just a bunch of fucking Christian people it's, who don't have sex. It's a bunch of youth pastors on skateboards and snowboards getting around town doing backflips because <laughs> Jay-Z is the new J.C. And I don't want to go full Pagliacci on you, Mike, but uh, when everyone's a youth pastor... Who do we pastor <laughs> youth? I I totally get that. For sure. Uh, and Zach, I do because he's... I love that you said that because now the audience that's listening to this is like, what the fuck is wrong with Mike? <laughs> uh, Zach lets him know. He's like, you know what? I didn't because I don't not sex before marriage. And then I thought about it. It wasn't the perfect moment. The perfect moment is next week we're going to Tuscany in the middle of the school semester for my brother's wedding. In the middle of the school semester, and not, like, super planned. Mike, if I was going to go to Tuscany, I would have to plan 18 months ahead. Uh-huh. And uh, Zach has the life of, uh, the sweet life of Zach and his codes and what he does. Uh, he's like, uh, next week, Tuscany? What, three weeks? How many weeks ahead does he have to plan this? I think he's no, I mean, he's a kid, so his parents have planned it 18 months ago. He like, just shows up. And then they just happen to mention it. This week? Yes. Well, th- we've gotten hints of this. In the San Diego episode, they were talking about Tuscany. I thought it was like next summer. It, that's what they said. That Like, she'll be summer in Tuscany. He's like, summer in Tuscany? Summer in Tuscany I love that's it. what my penis will be doing. Zach, out! <laughs> and then why does he always click his heels after he says that? You're not going to Kansas, bro. Ryan, uh, we have to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll return to this. Ryan. Yes. Seth's eating his big old burger. Zach says, didn't want to bone before, but now we're going to bone in Tuscany. And it's nerve-wracking because Seth has like cut it up like an orange, mm-hmm. and he's just wearing a slice of hamburger in his mouth. Which is so, adorable. Like We got Godfather last episode, and now he has a slice of hamburgers. Is this when Seth dies? Are we putting together that Josh Schwartz, two weeks before these, had just seen The Godfather? <laughs> seen he's like, Godfather. I'm going to reference it. Nobody's going to get it. And I'll be the first one to ever. Nobody ever has and nobody ever will. And Schwartz out. Clicks his heels. <laughs> is, is Zach Josh Schwartz? I think they're all a little bit Josh Schwartz. Everybody's a yeah. little Josh Schwartz here. That's Alice in Wonderland. That's not. It's a different girl going to a magical land. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Please. Right now. Right now. Where right. are we at? Zach. Zach Seth 2D at the diner. Character or 3D character? He's it is Is he just there for plot or is this a real person that we're watching? Well, he's unfortunately a real person we're watching and nobody else in the show is. <laughs> Which is why he feels boring. He's the only one. Yeah. It's insane. Like he is he's handling things maturely. He's just saying real thoughts and empathetic feelings in a way literally nobody else in this show is. Hold on. Was Melissa Etheridge's hit song, I'm the Only One, about from Zach. the perspective of Zach yes, on the OC? Was. We're going to see him sing that at the bait shop. And she's going to be in the wings. Like 
he's lip syncing it a la Ashley Simpson. It's a whole crazy thing. That's after the mall possessed. And the whole audience is just saying, like, well, she sings like Melissa Etheridge. This, this is, is crazy. Yeah, this is pretty Etheridge-y. Uh, so, Zach tells him, we're going to fucking Tuscany. High five, bro. Uh, and then he says, I just want to be honest with you, Seth, so you can plan that freak out accordingly. And that is a crazy sentence. And most characters on the OC and most people that we know in real life mm-hmm. would say that in the fucking smarmiest. So smart, Passive aggressive. I'm going to get the best of you away. But Zach really does. It's caring. Seem concerned about Seth's future freak out. Do you have anybody in your life oh my that God. treats you like that? <laughs> the bait shop. Who's the bait shop? That is the most baited question <laughs> I have ever heard in my entire life. Because you know I only have one person. And yes, I do think that there is occasion where you will ask me questions that are uh, worded in a certain way. Because you know how I would freak out. It's, I get Zach here. It is empathetic. But it's also like, I have shit to do next week. So I'm going to make your freak out happen this week. Because everybody has lives. And the thing that I love, and the thing that you do, is that uh, it's not... We're all always concerned about everybody's future uh, freakout, but the way that you talk to me and that the way that Zach talks to Seth is like, it's matter of fact, I know there will be a right. freakout. Like, I'm not concerned about it. I know there will be. And so, like, why don't we, like, sort of get out in front of it? Just get it out. Just right. get it out right now. It's like sort of friend slash PR person. Like, let's just, like, how how are we going to get a hold of yeah. this? Well, what are we going to tell the world? Mm. And I, I do think it helps. It helps you. It helps the Seths of the world. And it just makes everybody's life a little easier. I freak out because freak out! you asked me a question in a way so I wouldn't freak out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I freak out about. Yeah. But what I'm not doing is the actual freak out right. that you were concerned it's about. It's a different kind of spin out. Right. I can deal with this minor little baby right. bullshit. <laughs> I, you want me to bumblebee. You don't want me to go full Transformers 5, the Dark World Dinosaurs. I'm glad you kept talking because... I do, there's so many things like die, give us a mystery, stop doing honey. Uh, so Seth starts venting to Ryan about all of this. And this is, Ryan's normally pretty legit with advice. This is the fucking worst advice Ryan Atwood has ever given. He says, I don't think you should be venting to me. You should probably be telling Summer all of this. She's dating somebody else. No, he fucking shouldn't. Just because you feel a thing doesn't mean that anybody deserves to hear it. Keep your shit to yourself, because if you're going to tell Summer your feelings for her right now, it's for selfish reasons. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't talk about this enough. Uh, we love closure, and we love shooting up movie theaters. Uh-huh. But what about that thing Wait. where you're like, uh, hey, that thought you have? Just stop. Like, just what if, like, it just ended right now, where you don't have to go get closure. You don't have to kill someone. You could just, like, stop thinking the thought. I, I know, like, it's, we should respect thoughts and feelings, but that is different than screaming them from rooftops to everybody. And every thought or feeling gets the exact same amount of credit that yeah. every other thought or Mm-mm. feeling has? Mm-mm. I have insane thoughts I tell nobody, because thoughts just show up. They're not meaningful at all. And, like, it's just, it's not just selfish. It's narcissistic and borderline solipsistic. Like, yes. You cannot Only fathom the fact that other people are involved in this. And f- when Ryan says this, and I was like, no, 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 Ryan. Uh, I thought for a second Seth was being mature because he says, closure's overrated. I like unrequited love. And I was like, I like the quip. I like the energy. He's not going to do it. And he goes, no, you know what? I should tell this all the summer. And I was like, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> that was Million Dollar Man. Uh, <laughs> sound effect. Uh, do you have a better unrequited love story you to somebody else or somebody else to you have you ever been in this situation oh for sure as a, I mean unrequited love either becomes requited or fades away in real life right i mean i guess it- i'm currently married <laughs> sorry everybody uh so no i my wife used to be that unrequited love oh real talk Fu- uh, no, this is the wrong message. <laughs> this means, like, be creepy and it'll eventually but not be work. creepy. Date other people for years. Convince yourself you don't love that person and then it'll all work out. But no, like, I don't think that counts because you were also in love with other people in the meantime. Yes. Like, have you ever had, like, well, these are my next two years, just gonna love a person who doesn't love me? No. Only when they said they loved me and I knew they didn't, it was abusive. Wait, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no, in high school, I think I was very that, like, just pining. 
because I didn't know how to articulate my feelings or just shut that shit down. But you weren't Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Like, did you have like seven irons in the fire? Like, were you seven duckies to seven different girls? No, no, I was Ducky. You were. Later, I became seven duckies to seven sisters or whatever the fuck you just said. But in high school, you were Molly Ringwald. No. Is that what you're saying? No, I was Ducky. Oh, who was the person? I'm not going to say that right now. Don't say her name. Uh, but, but we like, were best friends. I went from not knowing how to talk to anybody to suddenly getting enough confidence to make friends with people. And I was in the pageantry corps, which was banned, uh, and started to get to know people. And we were the best of friends. And I didn't realize that you could just stay friends with somebody. You didn't have to upgrade it instantly. But I knew I was rotund and nerdy. <laughs> so I did not put myself out there. And do you know now for a fact that like it was unrequited? Oh, I mean, it became requited. Oh, it did? Yeah. So then it doesn't fucking count, dude. Oh, then I guess no. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Seth is an unrequited love. They fucked. Do you sort of like see, like, uh, I don't know, like an easy life, though, in that whole I'll just be in love with somebody and like. Yeah, because then you have to, you never have to deal with the bullshit, gross smelliness that is the real them. Or the growing and the arcing of how actual relationships work. I guess that, too. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> it sounds uh, romantic to me now, but I'm sure. After two days, I would fucking hate it. Of unrequited love? Yeah. You never had that. I don't think so. I, I think there's no love that stays unrequited. You either grow out of it. It's just a movie thing? Is that what you're saying? It's just a movie. You either grow out of it or actually date and realize what a horrible person you both are. So high school is like, I like you. And then day two, eh, fine. It, yeah. it didn't work out. Eh, no. But yeah, because, like I think it's because I had unrequited love for like a year and a half. And then... Sort uh, two steps forward, three steps back for the next few years. Opposites do attract. They do attract. It was Paul Abdul. I didn't want to say her name, but I went to high school with Paul. Abdul. I guess that's better than the other one. I'm just a gutter cat. Uh, so meanwhile, while Seth is like, I'm gonna tell. You're right, Ryan. I'm gonna tell Summer how I feel or whatever. Uh, Summer is telling Marissa that she did say, "Hey, Zach, we should fuck in San Diego." And then instantly was like, oh, I hope he doesn't say yes. Oh, I hope he doesn't say yes. Because she only heard Cohen's voice in her head. She didn't say what Cohen's voice was saying. Probably, no! <laughs> Just nonstop. Have you seen my mint co- uh, condition, uh, young blood number one? <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm not horny now. Uh, and then at the end, once we know that about Summer, that she is not over Seth, he comes to her and says, hey, have fun in Tuscany. Please fuck our friend's brains out. I am over you. Marissa and Summer are both in love with people uh, that are hard to tell the other one about. Mm-hmm. Best friends? Best friends. Worst enemies? What Mortal is going enemies. on? And we're going to dig into Marissa's storyline next episode. Because that is all the time we have tonight. No, later in this episode, Mike no. will do it. That's all the time. Next episode is Rainy Day Women. I don't know what you're talking about right now. The next episode of the OC is Rainy Day Women. God damn it. The next episode of the OCD, we're talking about Marissa and Alex and Lindsay and Cal and Ryan and Renee and Julie. I want to say thank you to the Holophonics. And I want to say, hey, dads, can you stay gay? And maybe get me those goddamned Green Lantern JPEGs Latro. California! California.